Welcome to the Love Your People Well podcast, where we help women grow godly relationships, grateful hearts, and grace-filled lives. I'm Jess, and I'm a marriage and family therapist, a Christian, a wife, a mom, and I believe that God creates us for relationships, relationship with Him and with each other. So if you're looking to love God well, to love yourself, your family, and those around you well, you're in the right place. Stick around, friend, and let's get started. Welcome to the Friday Faith Follow-Up. We are going to continue our conversation this week, my friends, about peace, about finding peace in our home and in our family life. Um, We had five specific things we talked about in the main episode, episode 63, five things that disrupt peace in our home and our family and specific action steps that we can take to tackle each of those five things. So if you haven't listened yet, that's a really practical (laughs) episode and uh, you will definitely walk away with at least one action step and probably I mentioned a few different resources. That is definitely an episode you want to circle back to. Um, But you don't necessarily need to do it now. You can finish this episode now and then hop back because today we're going to dig into, um, I guess, kind of a devotional thought specifically about the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verse 9. So this is in Jesus's very famous Sermon on the Mount. He's going through what they call the Beatitudes, the blessed are dot, 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 you know, goes through all these different types of people or characteristics of people who are blessed. And in verse 9, he says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And I looked at a few different versions. You know, there's a lot of translations of the Bible out there. And so, uh, but all the ones I looked at, they all, you know, they might change it slightly. Blessed are those who work toward peace, but they all highlight the exact same thing, that we will be called children of God if and when we are pursuing peace. And I thought it'd be good to just kind of pause and explore that. Yes, we like the idea of peace. I mean, I think emotionally, we all know life just feels better when it's peaceful versus when it's difficult. And our relationships are better when there's peace. Our mental health is better. Our emotional state is better when we are living in a time of peace. Nobody wants to go to war. We want to live in peace. And so we get it on kind of a natural, logical, emotional level. But when God himself says, blessed are the peacemakers, uh, that's kind of an extra level of seriousness. It's not just something that feels good or that makes us happy, but it's something that is important to God. And in fact, it's so important to God that he is willing to call us his children if we are pursuing peace. So what's up with that, my friends? Let's talk about that. Why does Jesus say this and how can we become a peacemaker in our home? So there's a few things as I've been praying about this that I think we need to remember about what peace means. And first and foremost, our God is a God of peace. That is why Jesus came. And I know that there are scriptures where Jesus talks about how um, he came as a divide, you know, this, the word of God is a sword dividing even between bone and marrow. And the reality of who Jesus is, is going to cause brother to go against brother and father to go against son. Jesus acknowledged that his coming into the world would bring some division. 
And that's not his division. That is people choosing, am I going to follow him? Am I going to accept him as my Lord, as the king of my life, as the one who created me and therefore has a big say in who I am and what I do? Or am I going to reject that? God himself came in the person of Jesus to restore peace in our relationship with him. And I think sometimes we get a little, we kind of merge those two and we think Jesus is this very dividing person. And it's not him who is the divider. It is our human reaction and response to him. Satan is against Jesus. And if we are walking in the darkness, if we are rejecting the gospel of Christ, then we will have some natural tension with and we will be against the light of Christ. And so, yes, there we will experience in this world that that division or that conflict, but that is from sin fighting against the light and the goodness and the peace of Christ. If we look at the Gospel of Luke chapter 2, the night Jesus was born, the angels come to the shepherds to say, glory to God and peace on earth. There is peace to the people who follow God. There is peace for the people who are invited into God's family. And so we need to remember and celebrate the fact that God is a God of peace. He creates unity in his people, in his church, in his family. Now, we don't always live that out successfully here on earth, but he is a God of peace. Making peace is a direct opposition to the goals of Satan. And so when we look at this this promise from Jesus, blessed are the peacemakers, a big part of that is that if we are pursuing peace, we are pursuing God. But if we are happy to live in conflict and drama, and we're not really that worried about if people are getting along, and there's undoubtedly some selfishness and greed going on in that, and pride and all sorts of sins, we are following Satan if we are pursuing something against peace. Jesus is very clear many different times in, the, in scripture, especially in the New Testament, that Christians are called to be humble, that we are called to love one another, to put others' needs ahead of ourselves, to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. All of this is about peace. It's not about getting what we want. It's not about selfishness or worldly success. It is about unity and peace. And then the last thing I would highlight here when we think about why would Jesus say blessed are the peacemakers? The reality is when we are reconciled to God, when we experience forgiveness from God, we really don't have any choice if we're truly going to live into that, but to start reconciling with each other. We do not judge other people unless we want God to judge us the same way. And we have to forgive other people if we want to and can expect that God is forgiving us. If we are failing to pursue peace with other people, then that tells us that we have a spiritual issue going on, that we are misunderstanding the gospel or maybe underselling our own sin. We're probably thinking, oh, it's really not that bad. It's not as bad as your sin. You know, we have some process going on that shows us I still need the Lord to work a little more deeply in my life. We are called 
to be ambassadors for Christ in this world. And we do that by having unity within the church and showing others the love of Christ. And again, we don't do that perfectly. There are plenty of issues in the church. I'm not going to deny that. But that doesn't mean God wants there to be a bunch of conflict and division in the church. He wants us to be unified and to pursue peace. So let's wrap up our thoughts today with a few tips about how to become a peacemaker in your home. And these are a little broader than the action steps we talked about in episode 63, uh, because in that, in the main episode, we were dealing with those five specific things or situations that disrupt peace. How do we deal with them? But if we think more broadly, how can I become a peacemaker? Our first tip is to seek God first. Seek his healing, seek his wisdom, seek his peace. He is the one who gives peace beyond all understanding. I don't just want the peace of the world or the peace of my own mind that I feel comfortable at the end of the day when I sit on my couch. I want the peace of God to fill my life and to fill my home. And that's only going to happen if he is a priority in my life, if I'm growing spiritually with the Lord. And the second tip that I would encourage us all to think about, not just to think about, to do as an action step, is uh, we become more of a peacemaker when we deal with our own stuff first. When we confess quickly and easily and we ask for forgiveness and we ask for help. And yes, other people need to confess and they need to seek our forgiveness. But what we can deal with, what we can control, is dealing with our own stuff first. And that creates an atmosphere of peace that is actively pursuing peace in our home. And the third tip that I would highlight here is learning how to manage your own emotions. You can't control how your husband handles his anger. You can't control how your kids handle their frustration. Now, you might be able to influence that by what you say or teach or what you model for them. But the place where you have control to become a peacemaker is to figure out how to handle your frustration, your anger. And we have a new resource from Love Your People Well, the 40-day devotional on anger and emotional control. So that might be a helpful resource here. Um, But whatever it looks like for you, if you want to be a peacemaker, you have to be able to manage your own emotions. Tip number four, when things come up, when there's conflict, when you disagree with someone, deal with it one-on-one. Don't pull in a lot of other people. Don't make it a giant triangle where now we're talking about that other person. If we want to be a peacemaker in our home, we need to recognize, yes, recognize when there's conflict or tension or a problem and go to that person one-on-one. Initiate the hard conversation. It's going to feel awkward. It might bring up a lot of hard emotions. It may not go well the first few times, but pursue I'm not saying pursue the awkwardness, be willing to endure the awkwardness so that you can be a peacemaker. You can pursue peace by dealing with things when they come up with the person who actually is a part of the issue. And then my fifth tip here, how can we become peacemakers in our home? It's more something to avoid than anything else. Don't get into drama in your own mind. Our thought processes can spiral out of control so quickly. (laughs) 
And we can react to social media posts like it is a personal attack on our body. I mean, we can react to things so quickly and so dramatically. We jump to conclusions. And a lot of times that's really negative. We're assuming the worst about another person. And so that's, I mean, really boils down to don't get stuck in drama in your own mind. If you notice your thoughts spiraling in a negative direction, say, I mean, sometimes I say this literally out loud. Okay, Jessica, stop and redirect. And I'll purposefully think about something different. Or if I notice myself feeling strong emotions when I'm online, then I'll say, okay, time to sign off, time to go do something else. Be aware of how your mind and your thoughts are influencing peace in your home. So my friends, that is all I've got for today. Let me wrap us up with a word of prayer. Holy Father, I praise you that you are a God of peace and we want to be your children. We want to be peacemakers and we need that to start in our home with our most intimate relationships. And Lord, I pray that you will give us strength and wisdom. Help us to bite our tongue. Help us to manage our emotions. Lord, I pray that you will bring the peace that only you can bring into the homes and the family lives of every single person listening today. And I know that you can do that, and I know that you delight to bring peace. So I pray that you will make each of us peacemakers in our own home for your glory and for the good of our families. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. All right, friends, hugs and blessings to you. I'll talk to you soon.